Going on, everybody. It's Wednesday afternoon, and everybody knows what that means. It's time for a little No House Advantage talk. Like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel when you get in. Terry and I are going to be breaking down the Wednesday No House Advantage action. And, you know, this is different than the other ones you and I have done, Terry, because, well, in the past, we've done ones that have had, you know, more games than one. Sometimes there's been two, sometimes there's been three over the course of the playoffs. But now, going forward, only one game slates for the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals, and of course, the NBA Finals of whatever days of the week those end up uh, landing on. So uh, are you more invested in this round of the playoffs now than you were in some of the previous ones? It will really depend on a lot of how the schedule falls. I've got my Rangers in the playoffs for uh, for NHL. I'm watching a ton of baseball, obviously. But yeah, as it as it gets closer into the uh, to the finals here, I'll definitely be you know kind of getting in tune a little bit more. I plan on watching this game. I think this is going to be a fun series to watch. So yes, I'll be a little bit more tuned in. That said, I did miss last night's game. So you uh you, so I was going to ask if you have any any rooting preferences in any of the series or any of the games. Um, I'm not really rooting for Miami to come through. Um, not, I'm not necessarily rooting for Boston there either. I guess if I'm going, I, I guess I'll go with golden state. I'll just root for California here. Uh, and Steph Curry, it's a fun team to watch. So why not? I'll go with, go with the, uh, the old uh, guard here. All right. So we do have the one game to talk about today. The golden state warriors at home against the Dallas Mavericks warriors are five and a half point favorites. And one other thing to mention they are pretty prohibitive favorites right now to win the NBA finals as things stand now. Um, just based on how the betting was, the Celtics were getting kind of close to the Warriors in terms of the betting odds. But with all the issues the Celtics have right now, Al Horford in the COVID protocols and Marcus Smarter, and then, of course, them dropping game one. We now have the Celtics have fallen quite a bit behind them. And let's see right now. The Warriors plus 135 to win the championship. So pretty solid favorites there. We're looking at, you know, I don't know, what is it, 45% implied odds, somewhere around those, uh, along those lines of, of the Warriors to win. So at least per sportsbook odds, the Warriors are the team that are most likely to win the championship. Whether Terry's picked them because he's front running or because he, I put him on the spot and he had to guess a team, it seems like he picked the one that's most likely to win. Uh, but yeah, I was picking that was like rooting interest. Who do who do I think is going to win? It's probably also Golden State. But I was going kind of just by uh, geography on that one and uh, geography and like, you know, what fits in with my uh, belief structure and all of that. and My lifestyle, California, a little bit more than Florida or Texas or Boston. Uh, yeah, we've got <laughs> Dallas, Boston. I mean, Boston's is, is Boston. Who's, like if you if you wanted to see one of these four teams win, who would it be? Like well, the, the Celtics, but that's because of monetary interest. Ah, right, right, right. What but I don't... like From like your, your heart or the most fun team to see win if you didn't have any money on it. So, so this was... Um, yeah, then I really wouldn't care if there's no money. If, if there's no money involved, I'm not watching it. Uh, but here's, here's, here's a question for you, because I was, I was really conflicted about this last night. So I have a lot of money riding on the Celtics to win the Eastern Conference and win the championship. But because it was a good bet yesterday, when Al Horford and Marcus Smart both get rolled out at the same time, I bet the Miami Heat because they are at the time one and a half point favorites. And I know that line's about to move. That's good value. With that in mind, what would you have been rooting for last night if you were in my situation? I have, so I have. I, you had a healthy bet on that. I would probably have been rooting for that game one win and just pick off that bet in that good situation. And then you're, you know, you're clawing back a little bit. It's a little bit of a hedge against the Celtics title bet. 
and it's game one. You've got a lot of time. I don't really sweat that. I feel like that series is going to go deep unless Jimmy Butler somehow just, you know, wills the, the heat to like a sweep here, but I don't see that happening. So yeah, I think it's going to go deep. I think you're fine there. That's probably what I would have been doing. I just ended up rooting for whichever team was ahead to feel good about myself. I was like, let's go keep, <laughs> keep winning. Game. And then I'm um, like, no matter what I was like, all right. It, Cause it's, you can look at it a couple of ways. It's either a win, win or a lose, lose. I was looking, I was like, all right, I'm going to benefit in some way from this. So Ultimately, I won my bet on the Heat last night. I was okay with it. Now, I just root for the Celtics to get back into the series. But now we have today's game to talk about. Once again, it is the Golden State Warriors at home against the Dallas Mavericks over on No House Advantage. If you guys have not signed up at No House Advantage yet, if you do so using the promo code AWESOMO, you get a $25 bonus on your first deposit. Good way to help build your bankroll over there. These are prop-based DFS contests. And let's start by talking about whichever team I wrote first in the run sheet, which is the Dallas Mavericks, the road team today. So this is going to be different from some of the other slates where we just have less options to go through. And, you know, of course, there's some individual props that look really strong here, but this isn't like some of the other slates where it's like, hey, look, we've got an abundance of guys with 90 plus percent win probability. There's some, but not quite as much. But let's start with Dallas. Who are the first players that stand out to you when you look at our no house advantage projections? Yeah, so I was just checking on the uh, the overside. Let me flip back to the underside because that's where some of the big numbers are on this board. And like I said, it's it's a super thin board compared to a lot of these other slates where it's you know four or five picks in the nineties, a couple in the eighties. We've got one pick on either side here in the in the 90s. That's Dwight Powell's PRA here at 94% on the under. It's a 14 and a half line. We've got him projected at 10.3. We've got him for a 15.2 minute projection, which is right on what he's averaged over the last three. I will say that he played 20 the last time out, 17 before that. There's an eight in there that's cutting the average down a little bit. But over the course of the regular season in 21.9 minutes, his PRA average was 14.8. So I think we're pretty safe there. I think we're projecting him out for the right number here. And I think it seems like a good spot to go at 94%. His point plus assists is right there as well at 87.35. But why not just give him more to do if we're making that pick? Yeah, and I mean, the other thing too when it comes to Dwight Powell is I'm interested to see what his role is in this series because one thing we see from series to series in the playoffs is guys play massively different roles. And, you know, for, for NHA purposes, I'm cool with taking the under. If we're talking about, you know, a showdown contest on uh, DraftKings or single game on FanDuel, I might be inclined to kind of take some shots on Dwight Powell in tournaments because he played a pretty significant role for this team in the regular season. He is starting for them. Uh, he played... Not a big role against the Utah Jazz, but he was in the rotation. He started in the series against the Suns, but like you mentioned, the minutes were just not really there. So game by game against the Suns, a series that went seven games, uh, 15 minutes, 13, 10, 10, 7, 17, 20 for the regular season in starts. He averaged 22 minutes per game. So we saw a little bit of a reduction role, and it's twofold. Number one, I don't think it was a great matchup for him. And then number two, he played really poorly, which never lends itself to more playing time. In fact, I think it was towards the end of the series against Utah. There was some play where there was a pick and roll. Luka threw the ball to Dwight Powell in open layup. He missed it. And Dwight pa- and uh, Luka yelled at a Jason Kidd, put him on the bench. And Dwight Powell didn't come back in the game for the rest of the time. And his playing time hasn't been the same ever since. So it's really hard to know like how much of a factor was that, how much did that rattle Dwight Powell's confidence. But it's a different series if we find out that this is one where he's going to end up playing extended minutes, then maybe that would you know change his outlook. But for now, I'm going to side with projecting him for the minutes he played in last series, and and we could take the uh, we could take some unders there. Uh, it, when, and also one other thing, Dwight Powell, we've got a number of things to look at here. Points, rebounds, assists, points, assists. 
I'm going to agree with you. I've made this, I've made this point before. If you're looking for the least amount of variance possible, I think it makes the most sense to combine all the props together and take yeah. the over or the under because there's it, it's just more of a well-rounded performance. We're getting more of a sample size on on that guy's game as a whole. Whereas you know if you're just taking Dwight Dwight Powell's um, assists, for instance, it's one and a half. You could luck into two assists. It's harder to luck into you know like fourteen and a half of three stats combined. So I'm with you. I tend to take the under on the points, rebounds, and assists combined. Uh, what else stands out to you from the Dallas side of this game? It looks like the Dinwiddie unders are there as well, the PRA and the assists. But I think, again, to your point, you know, the, the assists line, four and a half, we've got him projected at 3.2. Does it seem likely that he gets there? Maybe not, but it's, it isn't certainly possible that he stumbles into an additional assist beyond where we've got him projected. Sure. So let's give him that 20 and a half PRA when we're projecting him at 16.89 over 29.6 minutes in the regular season. He was at a 23.1 PRA for the playoffs. He's been at a 19.5. He's averaging 20.7 minutes over the last three games. We're actually projecting him out for 24 minutes, but I think we're pretty comfy on that number, just where it is. It seems like it's projected high, and it seems like it's projected out more for that 30-minute run. If he gets out toward that, you know, maybe we're dealing with a little bit of fragility, but we're talking about a pick that we've got at 81% already, so it's not like we're talking about one of our super high-end picks that we've got all season this is already accounting for that the fact that it's down at 81 and we're going to be dealing with a lot of these on these cards today so i think that one's one of the stronger options that we've got out of what we're working with yeah so the funny thing with spencer dinwiddie is he has sucked this entire postseason on the whole but this might get skewed by a couple of things at least people's perception of him number one he was absurdly good in the closeout game against the suns he scored 30 real life points in 25 minutes it is important to me, though, that he only played 25 minutes. It's not like he saw some crazy amount of extended run, but his efficiency is generally sucked in the playoffs. And I think that might be lost on a lot of people because, number one, he was really good the last time we saw him play. And then point two, remember early in the playoffs when Luca was first out and Spencer Dinwiddie had to play an extended role? He had really good fantasy games. They weren't, real life, they weren't good real-life games because the efficiency, once again, was terrible. And I'll bring up some of the numbers for that. But I think some people might be more inclined to take overs on Dinwiddie or just avoid him altogether just because of some of that recency bias and some of what we saw from earlier in the postseason. But we don't have to really worry about that too much because Luka Doncic is back in the mix and that really changes the outlook. But here it is. So that series against the Utah Jazz, where he was a really popular DFS play for a lot of it. He averaged 14 shot attempts per game. Shot 36% from the field, 27% from the free throw line, 60, uh, sorry, 27% from three, 66% from the free throw line. Really, really abysmal efficiency numbers. So once again, on the whole, this has not been a good, efficient player. And by the way, even last series when he had the outbreak where he really shot well in that closing game, actually the last two games. So get this. Game six, he shoots five of seven from the field. Game, game seven, he shoots 11 of 15 from the field, Terry still shoots 38% from the field for the series overall. So, you know, Dinwiddie's really struggled with his efficiency. I'm, I'm going to back you there and lean towards the unders as well. Uh, is, is there anything? You just don't like trying to, you know, thinking of it as in terms of just that most recent performance, right? You know, it's Like you said, it's 11 for 15 in a 25-minute stint, five of seven from three, three, three of three from the free throw line. 
only three rebounds, only two assists in that performance with, a, with two stocks. So, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, that was a big outburst from a real life perspective. It was a great game, but we're not going to sweat that uh, get him coming out and putting up that 30 points in that, in that short of a time. I think we've got plenty of room on that with the fact that there's not much peripherals to come with it. If he just comes out and has that inefficient 25 minute game, I think we're pretty home on that 20 and a half line. Yeah. So I think we're on the same page there and is there anything else that really catches your eye when it comes to the Dallas side of this game? It's it's really hard to, you know, just talk about only really high probability props because we only got one game to talk about and we kind of have to, you know, make sure we flip over every stone here or else we're going to be done with the show in four minutes. So anything else, anything else here, Terry, that you could stretch and look at and be like, yeah, that's, that's a good looking prop. I mean, uh, the Brunson under on the assists is sitting at 74%. We've got him projected at 3.4. It looks like for the playoffs, he's averaging three and a half assists in, in uh, where's his minutes on this page? There it is, 35.4 minutes, which is uh, one more minute than we've got him projected for. He's been averaging over the last three, 33.3. So we've got him right in the middle of what he averaged for the full playoffs and what he did uh, over the last series. So that one seems a little bit more fragile than the 74% to me. I just think it's a player who's going to have the ball in his hands so much, be on the court so much for them for the regular season in 31.9 minutes. He averaged 4.8 assists, which is over that mark. So I'm a little concerned about the, not, not about our projection or the math of it necessarily, but I think that one might be a little bit more fragile than it seems like. And one that I might not put on my card, just to call out one that I wouldn't necessarily go to. Yeah, I think, I think that all makes sense. And by the way, for me, Jalen Brunson, I haven't projected right around three assists. And once again, this is another one. When Luka Doncic is in the mix, there just isn't the ball in Brunson's hands quite as much. So you look at the numbers he had last series and in the final games against the, the Suns here, two assists, two assists, two assists, four assists, five assists, two assists, three assists, two assists going back. And then, you know, then you start to get back into the Utah series and games where Luca was out and he had more of a substantial role in terms of usage and, and playmaking duties and the ball in his hands. So, yeah, in general, this has just not been a guy who we would expect to go over that assist mark all that often. So the under there makes sense as well. Uh, let me look at some of these Luca props, see if anything stands out here. Because I know people want to know about Luca. Range. Yeah, seventy-three yeah. percent range on the overs for the rebounds. Nine and a half. We've got him projected at ten point nine. That's reasonable. You know, it's it's right around the expectation for him. I think we're not getting a tremendous advantage there, but you know that's why we're talking about a seventy-three percent pick here. The Brunson rebounds, I guess, up at the top of the board at seventy-six percent on the over. There's not much on the overside though. It's it's a really thin board. And listen to Luca's rebounding stats in the playoffs. Luca in the playoffs is averaging over 10 rebounds per game. He said double digit rebounds in all but three playoff games. So, I mean, it's hard not to like the over there. He's been doing it way more often than not. The averages work out. And we're also at a point in the playoffs, we're probably getting extended minutes from Luca because low key, he didn't play all the many minutes against the Phoenix Suns. I know a lot of those games were lopsided and that certainly contributed, but I think it wouldn't be unreasonable to expect someone in the neighborhood of 40 minutes from Luca. He's been averaging over 10 rebounds per game in the playoffs. And listen to the minutes he played in the games against the Suns in that series. 30, 35, 35, 37, 34, 36. It's not like he was going out there and playing 40 plus minutes regularly. And I think that could be the case going forward. So uh, I think there's a reason to like the Luca over rebounds there. Anything else you want to shout out from this game? I think we've probably hit on most of it unless I've missed anything. 
Yeah, I think we've covered most of the uh, the key ones from and the most probable ones from this side of this game. The next guy on our board is, Dia, is Dorian Finney-Smith with his rebounding prop for the over. We've got him projected one rebound more in the 72% range. On the underside, the next guy down the board, there's some Dwight Powell's and Jalen Brunson's going back and forth, some Dinwiddie mixed in. And then you get to the Luka assist under at 61%. We've got him projected at 7.8 against an eight and a half line. I don't think I want to tangle with that one. Like I just, I don't like taking unders against superstar players. Like you said, could see more than 40 minutes. We've got him with a 38.4 minute projection. If he goes over that 40 minute mark where he's going to get those assists. So I don't like that one. All right, so we're about to hit on the Warriors side of the game. But first, if you guys want access to all the great Awesome Plus tools and content for nearly DFS for nearly every DFS sport out there, sign up for an Awesome Plus weekly pass. We do have packages starting as low as eighteen ninety five. Good way to get into the door and just see some of the tools we have. So if you're looking to play showdown contests for NBA, or maybe you're looking to transition from playing NBA to a little more MLB with the basketball season winding down. We've got all kinds of super useful baseball tools, top stacks tool, top pitchers tool, stuff that I certainly wouldn't be able to build my baseball lineups without because or else I would just be guessing, which is, you know, not always the best course of action when it comes to DFS. So stop guessing, start winning, join Awesome O Plus today. Let's move on to the Warriors side of the game that Terry has boldly backed for tonight and for the rest of the playoffs. Terry has uh, laid his flag down as a massive Golden State Warriors homer for this series because I put him on the spot, made him pick a team. He didn't know who else to pick. So he went with the Warriors. Terry. <laughs> Driving that bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, leader of the Golden State Warriors fan club. Which props are you looking to play in your no house advantage card from them? Well, I mean, everybody knows this is the best team in basketball. <laughs> and my uh, my dubs here are going to just uh, go out there and smoke the uh, smoke the Mavericks. So looking at the board, 80% are for Clay Thompson on the rebounds. We've got him uh, at a 4.89 rebounding projection. The line's at three and a half. Clay for the season averaged 3.9 in 29.4 minutes. So presumably with around 10 additional minutes, we could see him get out to that rebounding total. It's not the most comfortable thing to chase with Clay Thompson because he's not the best peripherals guy in general. He's more of a scoring focused player, but over the course of the playoffs, he's averaging 35 minutes and 4.1 rebounds. So I think there's enough there for him that we can get past that one. Uh, and at 80%, it's one of the better ones that we've got to work with on this team. This one's uh, this one's in t- even tighter than the other side was. Yeah. And, you know, something else that I think we should consider with the Warriors, pay attention to the starting lineup because they've used a lot of different iterations of the, of their starters and Looney started last game and was really good in that start. He totally broke DFS contest. So I'll bring up the numbers that we had from Looney in that game. I mean, off the top, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had 11 rebounds at the end of the first quarter. And that's in that start, he ended up finishing with, this is, a, this is a pretty bizarre looking stat line. Four points, 22 rebounds, five assists. Not quite sure I've seen a stat line like that before. Maybe, you know who used to put up stat lines like this, Terry? Andre Drummond? Uh, ben Wallace. Ben Wallace, there you go. Remember, that? that's an old Ben Wallace stat line. Yeah. Four points and 22 rebounds. I remember when I had him on my fantasy team, and he used to put up those kind of lines, just win rebounds for the week. Um, yeah. But that's Looney played... Yeah, that's a Ben Wallace game. Yeah, so Looney played so well in that game that I wouldn't be surprised if he's earned himself another start today. And that could also have a trickle-down effect on other guys. So we have seen for the Warriors uh, that uh, Gary Payton the second, the mitten, he's out right now. He has a broken arm because Dylan Brooks tackled him when he was in midair, ends up falling awkwardly, breaks his arm. And 
they went with kind of a weird starting lineup after that. Jonathan Kaminga was starting the first half of games and Otto Porter Jr. was starting the second half. By the way, something else I've never seen before. Ever seen a team that regularly employed a rotation like that where they went different starters in the first and second? They're doing it every game, though. That's a little bizarre, yeah. That's, but, yeah, they're doing throwing a different look at the uh, at the opposing team to come out and start the second half is and you know, not, not only were they doing that but Kamingo would be a DMP coach's decision in the second half of those games <laughs> but what ended up happening last game is uh there was no Gary Payton and there was no Otto Porter so without the weird lineup to do where it's like Kamingo starts the first half Porter starts second half they just went with uh they just went with Looney starting and Looney played so well I do wonder now with Porter back in the mix like how does this change things do they just start Porter in both halves? Do they go with Kaminga in the first half and and Porter in the second half again? Like I think there's a lot of different things they could do, but the the lines are static at no house advantage. They don't change. So whatever lineup you set over there, I, I wouldn't lock it in now and say, like, this is what I'm going with. Pay attention to that Warriors starting lineup, and that's going to really impact some of the numbers here. So right now, I think we have, just based on our projections, uh, I'm assuming – that we're projecting auto porters start. Is that kind of what it looks like based on the minutes projections to you? I would think so. Yeah. We've got auto looks like 23.4 minutes versus Looney 20 minutes. Um, Looney is one of the top end picks on the unders board, but yeah, if you see him in that starting lineup, you yeah. can presume some more minutes and that would probably change pretty dramatically because it's already thin. The PRA is 15 and a half. We've got him projected at 13 and a half. That's a 72 percenter in 20 minutes. So just a couple additional minutes there, even if he just stays in the, you know, the roll off the bench is a big part of the rotation. If he plays well again, that's a thin one. So there's, there's not a lot to chase on the unders board there. Yeah. I would stay away from Looney just because he played so well in last game that I don't even think we can look at his minutes from the entirety of last series. Like the Warriors might view him differently coming off a game like that. He could start. And if he starts, take the overs for sure. Because like you said, these are, you know, these aren't massive numbers. It's 15 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists. He did that in the first quarter last game. Yeah, right. Yeah, he did that. You know, he blew that away on rebounds alone the last time out. So yeah, yeah that's definitely, that would definitely swing the other way. And then what do you think of like, you know, the auto freeze is one and a half. We've got him projected for 1.1 in that 23 minutes. Which way does that swing? Like presumably if he goes on the, if he's coming off the bench, does that really change that one all that much to you? Maybe yeah, I'd take the under, especially considering, you know, it's so weird with playoff injuries because it's so much different than the regular season where, you know, if, if Otto Porter's hurt towards the tail end of the regular season, he isn't a hundred percent. He's not playing, yep. but in the playoffs, if he's not a hundred percent, he still might give it a go and see how he's feeling. So if he comes off the bench in this spot, you know, who's to say Otto Porter could come off the bench and, you know, get one rotation be like, Hey, I don't really feel quite right. Gave it a go. Tonight's not my night. We'll try it again next time out. So yeah, if he comes off the bench, I think it's maybe an indication that he's not totally feeling hundred percent. If he starts, then I think the Warriors probably feel pretty good about him. Uh, but if he comes off the bench, I'm going to take in the under there. Two threes is a pretty high mark. And let me see what his three point average was in the regular season. So for the regular season, we got, 22 minutes per game out of Otto Porter and he averaged 1.23s. That's very in line with what our projection is for him. If he comes off the bench, we'll, we'll take the unders there. If he starts, it's a stay away. Makes sense. 
anything based on the idea of Dallas just throwing bodies and doubles at Steph Curry here? Does that maybe cut down the idea of the assists? Maybe run, more of the offense runs through Draymond. Adam and, uh, and Lafayette were talking about that a lot on the show this morning. And I think that, you know, maybe could play into this here. It's not like it's really coming through on the board. The Steph Curry assists is sitting at six and a half. We've got to project it at 6.11. So it's a 59% or on the under. But does that maybe, you know, intrigue you a little bit? Just the idea that maybe Steph will do more off the ball work, maybe a little bit more shooting than assist work? Uh, you know, perhaps. I mean, one thing we've seen generally with Steph Curry this year, though, is when Draymond Green is healthy, and that's only been for about half the season. Uh, Steph's a significantly different player with Draymond Green on and off the court, and it's because of the amount of time that the ball is or isn't in his hands. Because the offense kind of primarily runs through Draymond Green when he's healthy, and he's just a point forward who's the primary facilitator. And that's when you get Steph Curry just driving defenders nuts, you know, running off screens, running in circles around the court, tiring guys out. Uh, and then you see when Draymond's off the court, Steph has the ball in his hands more. He's both a primary shooter and facilitator, and his assist rate goes up. So actually, when Draymond's on the court, we see more usage with Steph Curry and a lower assist rate. And then you get Draymond off the court. And the usage rate goes down a little bit. Sist rate comes up. So uh, let's see. What did you say that number is? Uh, we just jumped away from it. It was uh, six something, six and a half. Eh, it's six about half, fair yeah. to me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that one. Okay. I'm right around there with the projection. What about on the other side of that equation then with Draymond's thinking about, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, the PRA is sitting at 20 and a half. We've got it as a 58% or on a 21.5 projection maybe something more with, you know, Draymond going to be handling the ball plenty, obviously uh, the points plus rebounds is sitting at 61%, 13 and a half versus our 15 point projection. And then the rebounds alone, I think the rebounds might be one to just target just, you know, regardless it's sitting at a six and a half. We've got to project it out at 7.8. That's a 75 percenter. So maybe just some of those rebounding props along with the clay rebounding prop we talked about off the top. But what about those, co those combined point ones for uh, Draymond? Is there any appeal to those? Do you think maybe we're a little bit lower? Is that also in line with, uh, with what you've got projected? So it's in line with my projections, but I do think there's upside for Draymond Green because the minutes could be more severe. How many minutes did we give him? 31.1. Okay. He played 39 minutes last game in a closeout game against Memphis. And his playing time has been all over the place. 39 minutes is by far the most he's played in the postseason. But it's good to know that there's an upper bound limit of his playing time because you look at some other games, the game before against Memphis, 22 minutes, that was a blowout. Game before that, 33, 27 minutes, 32. So the playing time has been all over the place for Draymond Green. The fact that he played 39 in a closeout game against Memphis, though, that leads me to think that, you know, we're, we're down the tail end of the regular of the, of the regular season. We're down the tail end of the NBA season. And I think this is where we finally start to see the Warriors guys see an uptick in minutes. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. I think we see all of these guys play upper 30s, even 40 minutes in competitive games. And I think the Mavericks might be a little bit overlooked as a team. I think they're better than a lot of people realize. Uh, and I think that's something else to consider also in this spot is that this game should be really competitive. I think the Warriors are going to have to play their guys extended minutes. So with that in mind, I'm good with taking the overs on Draymond Green just because he might play those 39 minutes. Again, it's hard to project him for it because it's so much different than what he's played in the playoffs. But if he gets to 39 minutes, he probably hits those overs pretty easily.
What do you think the lower threshold of minutes is? Um, like if he's at 34, do you think we're, we're there? I mean, obviously we've got him projected slightly over, but like how much comfort do you gain from a 34 versus a 31? Do we need to push that 39 to be really comfy about these? Or are you kind of firing on this? So I, the thing that's hard about Draymond is that he's gotten in foul trouble a lot in the postseason. Yeah. You look at his personal fouls. So last game, he's able to play extended minutes because he only had four fouls. The game before that, it was a blowout. So we just kind of write everything off. The Warriors ended up losing that game by 40 points. But then before that, five personal fouls for Draymond, four personal fouls, five personal fouls. Then he had the game before that where he got ejected for the flagrant two foul. So fouls have been a massive issue for Draymond in this series. So I think a lot of this is going to come down to whether he could stay on the court or not. Uh, but either way, I like the overs. Yeah, thanks for that. All right. That does it for us. That yeah. rounds up the 30 minutes. Terry, good luck to you and your Warriors tonight. Everybody playing in no house advantage tonight. Good luck to you all on your way out. Like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hope to see you guys later. We got MLB Bye. Live before lock, NBA Deeper Dive, NBA Live before lock as well.